Welcome to another installment of the Weird Passes Kid podcast. I'm your host, Shelton Williams. And today we have, you know, the people that's been on the last couple of times. We have the activist Deshaun here. Pastor Woke Xavier is here. Um, <laughs> we got these guys here to talk about so much stuff that's going on uh, in the culture today. And um, I want to just kind of jump into it, man. I want to jump into Donald Trump, okay? He wants to win the election. I mean, everyone, uh, November is coming quicker than you know. I can't believe that we're in July already. I mean, so much has happened in seven months in this country. Like, I still can't believe that this is the same year that Kobe died this year. Like, I feel like that's two years ago. I mean, and I, like I've been saying, life ain't been the same since Kobe died. I'm just saying, like, since, I mean, boom. But what I'm saying is that we have a lot to talk about here. And Donald Trump, our, our, what I, who I call our entertainer-in-chief, is gearing up for a re-election bid. Every poll has him losing the presidency at the moment. Um, 538.com says that Joe Biden is, is basically verging on a landslide. They continue to say that Biden's lead over Trump has been incredibly stable and unusually large. And many people believe the reason why um, Joe Biden um, is leading in the polls right now is because of how Donald Trump responded to COVID. Um, and so people think that if the election was today, that Donald Trump would actually lose. But of course, we have a long road to November and anything can happen. But what has been Donald Trump's tr strategy about how he's going to win in November? Well, he's decided that he's going to go into a culture war. There's not many things that he has stated of his position or what he wants to do to unite Americans. It's like, no, let's how what, he's going to further divide the country. And one way he wants to divide the country is talking about Bubba Wallace. Okay. He decided he was going to tweet about Bubba Wallace here. Um, the other day he decided he was going to do that. So we're going to talk about this today. Um, an ESPN article starts off like this. President Donald Trump called out driver Bubba Wallace on Monday, alleging that a noose found last month in his garage at Talladega Super Speedway was a hoax and questioning NASCAR's decision to ban the Confederate flag from the sport. Donald Trump tweeted, has at Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax. A capital H-O-A-X. Now he got to be dramatic. That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. Now, before I even talk about like what, ex what really happened, because I know I probably have listeners here that think, oh, it was all a hoax, just like what your president has decided to tweet about. But um, I've got to say this, though. Um, why do you think, Deshaun, I'm going to ask you first. Why do you think that Donald Trump, the president of the United States, of these United States, and what a lot of people love to say, the United States has never been united in the history of his country, but still, the president of America, why do you think he wants to spend his time tweeting about this Bubba Wallace situation and about the Confederate flag being torn down. What, 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 doesn't he got more important things to do? Um, honestly, I like one, I don't, I don't think the culture war thing is new to him. Like I think he's kind of been doing it his whole presidency and a little bit like the year, you know, he was running and stuff. 
but honestly, I think things are just really, really bad. <laughs> like, no president's ever had this much bad stuff happen. And, like, it's like 2020 came together, like, Voltron to make sure he didn't get elected again. Like, I'm, I'm about to blame him for Kobe dying. I'm about to be blaming him for everything. I might as well blame him for Kobe. Like, it's just, like, COVID is really bad. And a lot of people, like, even conservatives, and I've seen this a lot, especially among teachers, like, teachers who are not, like, liberals or leftists or anything like that, like we're they're freaking out about COVID. Like COVID is bad. Like people are dying. The num we thought it was bad like three months ago or two months ago when we were all like stuck in the house, and then somehow the numbers are like four times worse now. Yeah. So people people are dying and like people are dying, getting infected in crazy numbers. The economy is not good, and honestly, all the stuff he promised four years ago, like we're not talking about it because there's so much other stuff happening. But like we never got that wall. That Muslim ban never happened. Mm -hmm. He never overturned Roe v. Wade. He never overturned like gay marriage. All the stuff he said he was gonna do, like that, that was cultural, in terms of like just oppressing black and brown people. The only thing he's done is like ice, ice, which is a bad look, because we all saw like the pictures of kids in cages. So it's like, even like if you're a Republican, you can't justify children in cages. That's wild. And if you can, then you know, yeah, think of, yeah. think about think about the last time. You know what I called y'all last week. So. So, uh, so you're basically saying that he can't come forward with anything with substance. So yeah. because he can't really come up with anything of substance is why he's deciding he wants to tweet about the Confederate flag being taken away from NASCAR. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, trying, he's trying to get people riled up on something that isn't actual like, politics. So let me ask you, Pastor, Pastor Xavier, and I don't know how you feel about this, so this will be the first time I'm asking you this too, is like, how do you feel when you're seeing like whenever you see somebody that is parading with the confederate flag right who um has the confederate flag you know fl flying at their house has it like sometimes some people have it in their car th that type of thing like i know for me like growing up with my i'm just gonna talk for me okay growing up my dad would have us we would knock on doors in people's houses and stuff but when i saw somebody with a confederate flag i was like i don't want to knock on that door you see what i'm saying like i didn't want to go there because to me I didn't know, you know, to me, that was like, you're pretty much putting out there how you feel about me. It's kind of how I felt about the situation. But tell me, like, how do you feel about, you know, the Confederate flag, people that wear it, and even NASCAR's decision to say, we're not going to fly it anymore? Um, I'm in a position right now where, like, well, first off, the Confederate flag is, I'm not going to say it strikes fear in me. Uh, but it definitely immediately makes me uncomfortable. Like immediately makes me uncomfortable. Like I'm probably going to avoid it or you, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just because like, I don't know, we know, I, I'm not going to say everybody who's like Southern or country or like, or racist, you know what I'm saying? But I don't think that's a risk I want to take. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know that probably sounds weird. Like I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to be like all things to all men and everything, but like, I'm going to be hesitant, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people who, if chances are, if you're flying a Confederate flag, we probably don't agree. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We, we probably don't agree. We probably don't share the same positions. You probably are, like uh, Deshaun was just saying, like, you're probably anti-me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you were saying that also. Like, I, I, I don't, I think, I, I'll say this, like, with a lot of, like, the Southern people, like, one of the, one of the, the hardest parts about all these social issues for me is the fact that Everybody that knows me knows me. Y'all know me. You know what I'm saying? And so if, if push came to shove and you heard that some Winter Springs police officer shot and killed me, you know what I'm saying? 
you would have to be like, well, something is, something's got to be aloof because like, like that's not Xavier's character. Like he's not the kind of person, like he's, he's willing to get himself, you know, put on the ground and strip search, which I have been right. And all that stuff. He's willing to do all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? In order to not, in order to not die. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? He's willing to do that. So if something, if he got shot and killed, like something that something ain't go right. That's not, that's not his character. But I know that there are people that, especially I seen him on my timeline. Shout out to the block button. Um, and um, and Amen. that I've in people that I've interacted with that I know who are like southern, like rebel flag kind of people that would even though they know me, some of those people who've known me a long time would still be like, um, uh, you know, Xavier must have did something because I'm like. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, whenever I see, like, the Southern flag, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, with this part, I'm not sure. I'm probably going to get a little pushback from both of y'all on that, but I, I, don't, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm here for yeah, the conversation. Okay. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of taking all the stuff down. Okay. Um, and the reason why is not because I advocate for it. I actually don't rock with Southern stuff at all. Like, at all. Like, I yeah. have no affiliation with it. I don't stand behind it. Um, but I also think at the same time, even though like, um, it, it makes me uncomfortable, I don't want to take away people's right to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm not, y'all see, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Like, I'm not trying to like, like, I think it's a part of the, I think it's a part of history and, and we need that reminder of how terrible that, how terrible that was. And so I'm not sure, maybe taking down, put, you know, you know, banning the, 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 the rebel flag and, banning you know taking down some of these like confederate statues and stuff like that um maybe take if that happened but i don't know about completely erasing it from the history you know that's what i'm trying to get at because i think that's something that we gotta it's like you you don't want it to like be looming but you need them to be reminded like this is not okay you know what i'm saying so maybe find out maybe if it's like take it down like y'all know how i am i'm i'm a i'm a remove and replace kind of person so like if it's gonna be removed you know what I'm saying? Like, let's set it up in a way to where it's not erased from our history, but it can be like, no, you don't do this. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like where I'm at on it. So I'm not, I'm for like removing it and whatever, but not for like completely like taking it away from everything to where it's like, oh, we don't want to see this anymore. Like, I think we need those like reminders somewhere like that. Like, this is not okay. And we okay. can use that as an example. So now, that's kind of like what I was at. On. I have some, I have some rebuttals. And I also have some things that I would like to, well, you know, I can say it now. I, I think I think I, I can give a little bit of my opinion. Um, I was going to save some of this statue things for a little bit later, but I think I'll, I'll talk about it now. I think it's good to mention it. Um, one, when it comes to the statues, like when I hear a lot of people say history. Everyone's like history. That's I don't want the history to go away. That's why I think that the best place for those type of things is in a museum. If you want, you know, to care about history, you know, we'll, we will, we won't, we're not like breaking them. We're like, take them here, put them in, in a museum and people can learn the history there. People can learn the history in history class when they go to school. Like there's, we're not trying to erase the history there, but I think that there is, you know, a, a cry for many to say, Hey, we're going to um, remove some of these things, right? Take some of these things down. Now I actually am, I don't want to tell you my full position on this. Cause I want Deshaun to talk about it too. You hear what um, what uh, Xavier is saying about why he doesn't feel like the need of taking all these stuff down, but um, I think that it was just and I, I may I need to probably look at it um, again, but I think it was just a private decision from that organization, right, saying that they will no longer fly the Confederate flag, right, that they won't, 
like, I guess if you're still someone that comes in with a Confederate flag, with a shirt or whatever, then I don't think they're going to turn you away. But I do think that they weren't going to fly it anymore. But essentially, I want you to more talk about what um, Xavier just mentioned, though, um, about he doesn't want, you know, take everything away. And what, what would you be your response to that? Before, before Deshaun goes, if I could interject just real quick, yeah. like that, Shelton, what you just mentioned is a great compromise for me. You know what I'm saying? Because it does, like I said, like it does make me uncomfortable. It makes me yeah, extremely yeah. uncomfortable. I know a lot of black people that it makes uncomfortable too. Yeah. Folks wearing rebel flags on their belt, like I don't want to be by you, bro. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's not my that's not my thing. But I I think I I just saying that I think it's important for us to, for it to be somewhere. You know what I'm saying? For it to be somewhere, not to just be. I don't want to just erase everything. And that's just where what I was thinking. So like being able to put in museum or just. You know, this is what happened in the history books. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're you know, we don't see us, you don't see me rocking a union flag. That's dumb. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. We're the United States of America. Why, y'all want to be America, but then you also want to be like pro rebel flag. Like your hypocrisy is showing. Yeah. You feel me? And so I think it's a place where it belongs in a museum in a history book. And that's pretty much it. So I'll shut up now. I'll let Deshaun. All right, go ahead, Deshaun. Rebuttal. Yeah, uh, yeah so my, this is. Honestly, like, I don't even this completely disagree with X, like, because I think there's an important distinction between, and this is, like, we're actually, the Pensacola is actually right now, like, as we're talking, they're continuing a city, a special city council meeting, because we have a Confederate monument to Confederate soldiers, like, who died in Pensacola, and it's in a place called Lee Square. So, they're, like, there's been a big push lately for us to take that down. It's already been vandalized. There's been pro-Confederate rallies. There's been anti-Confederate rallies. And, like, there's been all kinds of pushback on it. And I think what, like, because I hear, like, a lot of the rhetoric a lot. Like, I was watching some of it, and they, like, because of COVID, like, they're not letting people come to the meeting because they also, I think they, they thought it'd be hostile. So they figured, like, they let people, like, apply to call in. So they had to call you. It wasn't, like, an open line thing. So, like, if you applied between 12 and 5 today, they would call you and let you speak your mind. Mm. So I heard a lot of people's takes. I've, obviously, I don't, are some, like, the anti-monument uh, takes. But the people who want them, like, they're, they always, as Shelton said, like, and said, like, they're always talking about history and stuff, and I'm like, statues aren't how you learn history in, like, most, like, countries and most places, and even in America, like, you, you didn't learn about the Confederacy because there's a statue in your town memorializing the soldiers. The differences between, like, memorializing and acknowledging is a very, like, important distinction, I, and again, this is coming from someone, to your listeners who don't know much about me, I, I have a history degree, like, I have a bachelor's in history. And I actually tried to, like, I didn't specialize, but I tried to, like, take mostly classes that are about colonial and settler history, but from the black and brown perspective, like, about mm. indigenous people, classes about black people, classes about South American colonialism. Like, I tried to learn the other side of that history a lot. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I think, like, you can, we can, we, I don't want to erase the Confederacy. That's some 1984 stuff, so, like, pretend it didn't happen. But what's important is, like, a statue that's, like, to a general or that's memorializing soldiers of the Confederacy when you memorialize something, you're saying, like, you know, this, this is an honor of that person, and we shouldn't be honoring the Confederacy. If you go to Germany, it's illegal to fly a Nazi flag anywhere. If you, like, sig hail, if you do that, like, Nazi salute, you can get arrested for that. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, free speech, I, I think that's a little restrictive, obviously. But they're so deeply ashamed of, the, of what Nazis did, how, they, how Nazis ran their government for, like, eight or, it was like, 10 or 15 years. They're so deeply ashamed that they don't even have, there's no statues that are, like, to the Nazi soldiers so we can so we can remember what they did. Like there's statues to the victims of the Holocaust, so we can remember what happened. But there's no statues to the Nazis. There is no like not there is no like you can't wear a Nazi flag in Germany. 
because like as a country they have such a deep level of shame about it that they're like we don't even want anybody even we don't even want you thinking that you that you rock with them and obviously the confederacy and nazis aren't the same they didn't commit genocide although they did fight for the enslavement of a group of people which is not worse than genocide or better than I know a lot of people do like what well, was worse, the Holocaust or slavery. They're both bad. They're, they're both very bad. They're, we're not they're, like we talked about it before the show. We're not doing a person Olympics. They're both bad. So it's like Germ- Germany's approach on Nazis is how I feel like Americans should feel about the Confederacy. Like it's an embarrassing time in our history. They were traitors. They were treasonous people who fought the United States military. There should be no statues to them. There should there like I know like I was part of a project a few years ago where they were doing like monuments to lynching victims. And trying to find out the names of lynching victims, mm. names of like, or putting up monuments to unnamed lynching victims, because they were like, we can talk about the history of the South without being like, and here's a statue to, I'm, this is gonna sound offensive to the South, and I'm sorry to your listeners, to Jimbo John, like, he lynched seven black people, yeah, and that's important to talk about because lynching was bad. No, there's a statue to those seven black people, and we can talk about him in the subtext. So, and I, I'm personally for destroying the monuments. I don't think we need them because I don't even think in a, I. At the only context in a museum I could think that would make sense would be like, this is from a period of time where we inappropriately memorialize the Confederacy, and as a country we moved on. But it's that's a history we can acknowledge, because most of those I'm not gonna like do a whole diatribe on it, but most of those statues weren't even put up during or after the Confederacy. Talk about it. A I lot of them were put up too. Yeah, go ahead. A lot of them were put up in the 1920s, 1930s, and a lot after during the Civil Rights Movement. A lot of them. Well, go research your your local town's like Confederate monument. Tell me what year it went up. It wasn't 1865, it wasn't 1875, it was probably 1940, 1950, 1960 as a racist reaction to the civil rights movement. Because black people in the South were getting rights and they needed monuments to be like, no, this is what we stand for, racism. And I'm like, I'm sorry to say that, but that, that is the history of it. The daughters of the Confederacy were not the literal daughters of Confederate soldiers. They were the granddaughters, great-granddaughters, and great-great-granddaughters of Confederates who wanted to memorialize a racist history that was disappearing from them. And like I said, that's just the reality of it. So like I said, I'm anti-statue, obviously as y'all heard, but like it just historic, from a historical standpoint, from a like how we teach history standpoint, there is no like real argument for it. And I know, like I said, I know a lot of people like are talking history because it's like a talking point right now, but there has to be some context given one to when the statues went up, two to how we even learn history and teach it. And three, like just looking at other countries, like how they've approached their their spot in history. So no country's perfect. Every country has like dark things they've done. How do we approach talking about it? That's the question. Yeah, I think there's a lot to, man, there's so much I want to talk about too when it, when it comes to these statues because like something that kind of bothers me too is this is what I think. And this is, and, and Deshaun and Xavier, you can probably talk to me more about this, what you guys think too, is I believe that even, even though these conversations are relevant, like a lot of people are having them and I think that there's good, arguments to be made on on you on I hate to be that person but on both sides they can there be some arguments for and against right that people can say that they can have but um honestly I'm going to say it from my perspective I really think that these kind of conversations are kind of I'll, I'll say it like this I think the left wants to do symbolic versions of change and progress and they want some kind of symbols of change um and the right doesn't want any kind of change at all right they don't really want any kind of emblems of a change and so when it comes to symbols, a lot of times these symbols mean something to people. Like even um, 
uh, we can talk about the white Jesus statues that Sean King mentioned were signs of, you know, they say signs of oppression because white Jesus has been used to oppress black and brown people. Like that's just the history of it, right? The, the how white Jesus has even been used in this country, even though other nations had um, their own version of Jesus, like Chinese had their own version of, of, of a Jesus that match, matched the people there. And other people always had these statues, but white Jesus has always been used at that. So I understand why some people would like it to be torn down. But I am going to say this, um, the Bible talks about man always looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And the reason why I'm putting the, the, you know, putting the connection is that some of us want to have the appearance that America has changed instead of actually going to the root of the issues and looking at systemic ways of change. I don't like, I don't think that it's, it's a, oh, we've changed so far. Oh, look at how we've owned Donald Trump by putting a Black Lives Matter, um, putting that on like the street right near right right near him i just think that all of these things are stupid because none of that's going to help the the wealth gap between black people and, and white people none of that's going to help with the way that we're incarcerated more than than white people none of that's going to help actual things that are gonna that are that are destroying black people right now and so the left can fight all they want about symbolic versions of change about saying oh we're not gonna have a white person voice a black a, a cartoon character like all these symbols of change which is cool for you guys like for a lot of people on the left that they want these symbols of change and want to take all the all the statues down and do all this stuff i just feel like it's all kind of dumb and foolish to even have that that type of argument because you can tear all the symbols down and do all the stuff that you want but that's still not going to have any you know substance of change so I just don't get that or understand why we are fighting for something that has no real impact for black people. Okay, go ahead, Deshaun. I I'm not even about to disagree with you because I, I think especially like the voice and cartoon character stuff, like that's silly. Like I don't that doesn't do me any good. I I just wanted to throw out there because I don't disagree with you that like I think like the left, especially in America, like is very like symbolic and stuff. The Confederate statues, I think, is a little different because that's talking about like oh, yeah, yeah, I'll explain to Americans. Yeah, but I do want to. I just wanted to agree with you, like, and I do want to say, like, I don't think I saw any black people who were like, "Yeah, Cleveland show is finally gonna have a black voice." Like, no black people wanted any of this. Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify, like, because I know, like, the I, when you said the left, I don't know what you mean, but like, to your listeners, I just wanted to clarify, like, that's mostly like white liberal guilt that I've seen, where they're like. Uh, what can we do? And it's like, you could give money to like actual black organizations who are doing real work, but instead they're like, or, or we'll put Black Lives Matter on the street. Yeah. And like, we have a mural like that. That's cool. So like, it's dumb. nice that it exists. Yeah. But like, that, nobody asked for that. Like, there's not one black person or org who is like, we want a mural, we want the statues down, and we want Cleveland to have a black actor's voice. Like, no, no one asked for any of these things. It's cool. Like, again, yeah, that's fine, but it's not what anyone's asking for. Now I do, I am gonna say this. I think the best argument for tearing down Confederate statues and the Confederate flag has not anything to do with actual racism or slavery. I think the best argument that could be made is that it's treason. And we should not be having people up that were, that were you know, you know they, they performed treason on this country. They were trying to secede from the union. So because of that, I think that's the best argument. And the reason why I say that is because if we get to the point of us destroying everything, and I, I mentioned this on another podcast, is we have got to judge people by the time that they were in. And I think it's dumb to get to the point of judging everyone by, by 2020 standards and not by the standards that they were in. 
Um, I just think that you will get to a point of where no one's ever worthy of ever having being memorialized or a statue. Like for example, let's just say that, let's say that back in 1990s, you went down a street and that street was 70 miles per hour, right? Now that street now is 45 miles an hour. Now, if we start sit back and giving people tickets because back in 1990, you were driving 70. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. But at the time, what I did was, 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 was okay. Why are you give me a ticket now? Retroactively give me a ticket for something that wasn't even a crime at that particular time. And I think that's what's going on today is we're going back and, and, and doing this idea of saying, oh, you weren't, uh, you weren't 100% perfect or you're not on this 2020 standard. And if we're going to be honest, most people in 1776 were racist. Most people in 1776 believed in white supremacy. Most people in 1776 or even in 1800s, even, even up to even in the 1900s, they believed this thing. That was the majority of people. And to sit back and sit back and say, hey, we're going to judge you by a 2020 saying, I think that's foolish and dumb. Like, I even think about that when it comes to like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon, who just a few years ago, they had, they were on network television, okay, network television on doing blackface. Now, trust me, it's terrible. It's wrong what they did. But what, but what ended up happening is, do you know how many people that had to get cleared by? That had to get cleared by so many people by the network, that had to get cleared by, and also, we were alive when they were doing these things. We were alive when Jimmy Fallon was doing these things. We were alive when Jimmy Kimmel was doing these things. It's not like this happened 40, 50 years ago. We were alive when a lot of people were doing things. And I think it's stupid to say we're going to try to cancel people for actions and activities that we were all alive for back when it happened. If we are going to cancel people, we should cancel ourselves because we were laughing at these jokes and stuff. And why is it, though, at that time, and I know that blackface has been on forever. I know that we all know it was wrong and stupid. I understand that, but it was still socially acceptable just a few years ago. And I just I don't it, think I think white that. people thought it was acceptable. I I, did, I never watched Jimmy Kimball's show, but if I was ten years old and I saw it, I would have been like, "That's racist." Because blackface is I've always known it's racist. I think, and this is my thing with like the 1700s too, is like just because all the white people are racist doesn't make it okay. Cause like I'm, I'm pop, cause okay. I know, I know, I know. I'm not, I know you think it's okay, but like, I know I get the standards thing. I get what you're saying. And I get the analogy with the miles per hour, but like in 1776, there were people who were like, no, that's racist. So it's like the, just because more people were, were racist doesn't mean it like the more, the standard of morality didn't change. Just more people were on the wrong side of things. That's that, that's always my, like, we go like, well, George Washington, like, you know, it it was the seventeen hundreds. Everyone was racist. No, there was those slave abolitionists in the same years that he was elected. There was black black people didn't think it was okay. Do those votes not count? Because if you want to talk majority, there was like a, like tens of millions of slaves. Let's start counting them if they thought it was racist. And I promise it was a little more fifty fifty split. Because white there wasn't as many white people at the time because immigration wasn't hadn't kicked up like it had now. Yeah, but I still think that we should judge people by the time they were in and by the majority of people that had the same sentiment. Like you can't sit back because right now, 10 years from now, right? People are going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to be like, you guys were so, you guys were so center. Like you guys should have been way over here. Actually, maybe everyone, I think everyone in this podcast will probably be canceled except for Deshaun. Deshaun I'm not going to be canceled. I'm certain. Light years I'm, I'm ahead, gonna, right? Yeah, they're going to be catching up to me, I guess. But. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying that we can't, we got to sit back and say most people at this time socially felt this way. And See, I, think, I get. I, well, I think you're you're saying most people, most white people were racist because again, there was tens of millions of black people who didn't agree. So if you say like 
though tens of millions of black people said it was racist and tens of millions of white people said it wasn't, then half the country didn't agree. The, the people who had a voice said it was fine. Yeah. And that's how we got where we are now. It's because we didn't let the people who disagreed have voices. That's you. why cancel culture is where it is now, is black people just got voices. Black people said it was Jimmy Kimmel was racist 20 years ago, but nobody cared what black people thought. Mm. Like there, You didn't have black voices on CNN talking about Jimmy Kimmel 20 years ago. So it's like, what, like, it's the same thing with like indigenous people, Latino people, gay people. They've been saying this stuff is offensive for 50 years, 70 years. The LGBTQ movement goes back to the 40s and 30s and 20s. Just nobody cared what they thought till now. So, and I, I think that's where people are mixing up like what most people thought and what, what was okay versus like who had a voice. The majority of people who got to say something that said it was fine. If you would have pulled the black the slaves, they would not have been like, "Yeah, it's cool. George Washington's not a racist. He owns slaves. So what?" Like they wouldn't have said that. But they didn't get a they didn't get a vote. They didn't get a, a voice in that. So, so now, I, I'm not advocating for cancel culture necessarily, but I do think we have to give things more context than just like, "Well, white people said it was fine." Like I got you. So you're saying the oppressed community didn't didn't have a say in it, and then so and I get that. I get that kind of sentiment, but I do think that we have to be like. Man, I think the complexity of human beings is crazy, man. Because this is, I don't know, Will Tyrus, I'll save it for, I'll save it for off the mic. But I think you're right with that. But let me ask you, though, do, with what we're talking about, is this, because this, this is good content, there's so many people that have these kind of I, ideas. But is this enough for Donald Trump to win an election on just culture, on just like, on the fact of, hey, if I'm president, I'm going to make sure that we're not going to take anything down. And if you, if you destroy it, and he signed an executive order that, he, that people are going to get prosecuted to the full extent of the law. If you vandalize a monument or a statue or things of that nature, is that enough for people to like vote for him just to be against this, uh, you know, all the things that's happening in our culture today? Is that enough? You think Xavier or what? I, I think it is, to be honest. Mm. I mean, look at look at how he won the first time. He preyed on uh, on 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 people's emotions, and a lot of the things that he really wanted to do were perpetuated by a culture that was not okay. It was very uh, xenophobic and, uh, and and culturally defiant, mm. and that his I mean his his uh, his to me, his his concept of of what it meant to win an election was really, you could tell, like, at any means necessary. Because he was like, let me play on the fact that America doesn't like Mexican people. Mm. I'm gonna build a wall, and we're gonna we're gonna get them to, to get out to stop taking all of our jobs. Everyone's like, yeah, and it's just kind of like, what jobs have has Mexicans taken from you? Not as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they're right. They're doing all the jobs that nobody wants to do. And for a lot less money, a lot of these places, a lot of these people are, they're getting paid under the table and they're getting paid absolute garbage. A lot of them lived in very horrible environments where they're like in a one bedroom and there's like 20 people in it trying to just make a living and survive. And they're doing all the jobs that nobody else wants, but you're worried about them you taking your tax dollars. And we should be like, you know what? Thank you for coming over here and being willing to, you know, let's grant them, let's grant them citizenship. You know what I'm saying? how does that hurt you know what I'm saying? and so it was i think it's the same kind of concept that's going on now he he preyed on that then and toward a specific community because not everybody i know i never was one of those people that was like oh the mexicans are taking our jobs get no, them out i no. never felt that way and i'm not part of the 
conservative right like that. So guess who, you know what I'm saying? So what does that tell you? Right. And so like that he came over and now he's doing the very same thing. Well, you know, they're trying to take down our statues. Don't let them do it. They're trying to take down our but, flags. But my thing is like, Don't there's no substance it. there. Like there isn't like a, okay, yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe you could sit back and say, you're, you're, you're going to try to make the culture not as, you know, not go, because he wants to, to say that, oh, it's, it's going to be lawlessness if Joe Biden is president or someone else is president. It's going to be lawlessness. People are going to be on the street doing it. And I get like that kind of approach. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do for Americans? Like, instead of this whole, like, being so afraid, like, what are you going to do to help, you know, the issues yeah. that are at hand? Like, that, to me, that's a great sign of a leader. If someone says, hey, this is going on. And like, what you know, and I, I think I, I mentioned this a lot, but one thing that I, why I, why I loved, you know, Andrew Yang so much is the fact that he spoke to, because what happened is this, a lot of times, you know, you know, white people lost, a lot of white people lost their jobs, you know, especially in, in different industries and stuff. And the true maker of a lot of that had to do with automation. A lot of times automation came up into a lot of these factories and what ended up happening is because the automation was so good, they, they were beginning to lay people off. This yeah. is, the automation right now is so good. Like we go, you go into like, you know, before, of course, before COVID and everything, when you used to walk into even like a McDonald's, they would have the kiosks there, right? Yeah. It's because it was setting things up where, well, this was happening with more and more people were getting to lose their jobs. You get the people, you know, you know, when we go to, now we go to the store and all I see is like, you know, self-checkout lanes really now, like, especially like where I'm at like almost everything is self-checkout. You can't yeah. really find like a person to really like cashiers, like their jobs. And so what ends up happening is when you start telling those people who's losing their job due to automation or even due to like just, just other things, the saying that, hey, I'm going to point to this problem. I'm going to point to uh, a people group and say, this is the, the issue that you guys have to be upset about. But at the same time, I felt like he didn't really have like a replacement or say, hey, you know, the, you guys have an issue, but here's something I can do to help you guys yeah. receive a job. Because yeah. if we're going to be honest, all of the jobs, like we said, that like, uh, you know, that a lot of uh, Mexican people like that want to take are not jobs that, that many, like, not even black people want to take. Black people don't want to go back in the field and pick fruit. Like we don't want to go have anything to do with, you know, what I mean? there's certain things we don't want to do. But what I am going to say is, we do need to get some kind of form of kind of citizenship for these people because a lot of these people are being paid way below what they're worth. You know what I I'm saying? I think that points to a lot of the, 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 I know anyone who knows Deshaun, even a little bit of time knows that, knows Deshaun's, you know, socialist take on things. But I think that points to his spiel a lot against like some of the flaws in capitalism is we want to make more, we want to make more faster. And so at the cost of, it might slow production down a little bit, but you're still able to get those out. Like imagine if they closed all the kiosks and then it just opened up five more lanes. You just made more jobs. You know what I'm saying? And so like, but because it's like, hey, let's, let's pump. We got to pump, get the money out. We want to make production fast. Listen to me, Walmart ain't going nowhere. Walmart is not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And so like, like you said, right, exactly. Like there's a profit over people. And so because that happens, like let's make it more efficient and, efficiency doesn't usually mean the quality is better. Think about that. It doesn't always mean the quality is better. It just means that there's more that's being made. You know what I'm saying? And so that happens. And so it puts people like on the back burner. And then when that happens, people are always going to be the, the common casualty in every single one of those 
of those situations. And so you start doing that. And like you said, you start shifting it to a people group versus the fact that y'all been making kiosk in every single department store mm-hmm. and kicking people out of their jobs. But then you want to talk about, oh, nah, man, it's the Mexicans, the Mexicans, those, those Mexicans are stealing all the jobs. No, you took away the assembly line and you put up some computers yeah. and you took their jobs away. So, so you lied. So own that, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a lot of the forefront, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a socialist, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I do see that there are, that there are principles uh, that I know the song, I, I follow him on Facebook and on Twitter and I see a lot of his stuff anyway. And he makes some really valid points um, just about like how it affects us as a, as, a, as a people group when we start thinking about the crux behind capitalism and selfishness and, and, and individual profit for most of the time and instead of the good of everyone. And like it's 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 it's, it's you know full individualism. It's full, right. It's, like, it's full blown individualism, just, which is why when you look at situations like the coronavirus, and everyone's like free for all, right? And they want to go in there and they want to get all the stuff. Is because we don't think about like the good of the person, the good or the good of the group, and because they don't think about like the group, the good of the group, then individuals begin to actually suffer, versus the rate of it going up. And I think that's that same kind of thing. So bringing it full circle, like as we talk about like how he's doing that still, right? How he's doing that still and trying to prey on the fact that people are losing, you're losing jobs, you're losing your identity, you're losing your culture. And they talk about, oh, well, the media perpetuates fear in black people and that's why they're afraid of cops and da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, 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 they're doing the same stuff on, the same things happen on your end. Where, the, where they're trying to tell you, like, they're bad. It's, I, if I hear Marxism one more time, I'm going to throw something. Stop saying it. It's annoying. Shut up. All right? Mm. I'm tired of hearing it. Everyone, I heard it today. People just throwing around Marxism. It's a Marxist. It's Marxist. Y'all just learned who he was? You yeah. just learned who he was? Yeah. You know, like, I, I consider myself an, um, an etymologist. I love learning new words and meanings and stuff like that. You know when you learn a new word and you just want to just use it all the time because it's new and you're like, you all learned a big word? You know what I'm saying? And kind of transference, I'm going to use that every day now because I just learned a new word. And it's like, that's how I feel like it's been with this Marxist stuff. Stop saying it. Y'all just literally, y'all, half y'all don't even know what he, what he stood for and what he, and you know what I'm saying? And what the movement of that was. So stop just being a sheep, you know? But like at the same time, like I think he's doing, the same thing is happening is, is, is preying on white fear and using that to win to, for his slogan. And, that, and if you can't see that, that's what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between not knowing and willful ignorance. And y'all want him to be president so bad, you are willing to negate all the, the, the terrible ideologies that he pushes behind his presidentship, presidency and overlook those things in order for it because he fits what you think is yeah. the best way. And I don't even want to get talk, talked about Christians. You know, you're protecting... Da, 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 da. Bro. I, I I do think, and this is something uh, I was talking to Deshaun made a mention to this to me, and this is like, and I know for Deshaun, this is probably gonna be like, I don't, like he's like Shelton, like you. This is epiphany view. But I was talking to DJ, and DJ was literally was like, he said that he views that, um, that the Republicans prey on Christians, right? Christians and their fears, the way like Democrats prey on Black people, right? So what they do is they want to say the right things, like symbolically, like they're going to symbol, symbolize things like they'll, the, the left will sit back and say Black Lives Matter and they'll say all these talking points and things that, you know, like Hillary Clinton will, will think, you know, I'm, I'm going to put hot sauce, I have hot sauce in my bag. and th- They'll say all of these things thinking that this is what 
you know, because black people are their base, are their base, so they're going to say all these different things, right? And they're going to pray, they're going to say, man, how can I win black people over? I'm going to say these things on, on election time, say the right thing, do the right things. That's what the left does for black people. We vote for them, and they get, they, we, they, we never get any investment in our vote. So you vote, 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 and they haven't really done anything for us. And I don't want to, you know, hate on uh, Democratic, because I think it's every, you know, people have that. But a lot of times, these people that are decades of voting for a Democrat, decades of it, and Black people are still behind the eight ball. Because even, even in our politics, it's still corporations over people. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care if you're left or right. Too many, like, for example, right now we have a president who's, many would say is far right, but yet when this coronavirus hit, he cares more about putting a trillion dollars in the stock market than he does about finding out what we mean. Like, I, this is why, like, there's another reason why I think that Andrew Yang would have been a better president. He would have been for universal basic income during this virus. That would have been more helpful for people. But what ends up happening is, I hate the strategy of putting everyone in the house, but let's not talk about, well, if we, if we keep people in the house, how are they going to work to pay their rent? How are they going to do all these? How, how are they going to um, feed their family? How are they going to do all these other stuff? Like, yeah, that, that's a good idea. But a lot of times, this is why universal basic income is so good, because it's capitalism that doesn't start at zero, where more people have something to give. And also, this would be perfect to say, hey, how about during this pandemic, you know, we do, um, we cancel, we cancel rent and cancel mortgages, you know, during that particular time so that the landlords aren't, aren't, you know, you know um, in, like having to deal with anything from the banks or anything. And also you have the people inside the tenants, they don't have to worry about paying rent during this time. But another reason why we have a leadership that cares so much about corporations, cares so much about the quote unquote economy and not the people that drive the economy. So I'm like, wait a minute. So the first, the few billions weren't enough that you just use, which many of them use as buybacks in their own stocks. So I'm just trying to understand the, the reason why we care more about symbols. I don't care about Black Lives Matter being on the street. I don't care about the statues. I don't care about um, this president trying to do all these culture wars. I care about what are we doing to truly help Americans on the ground. That's what I care about. You know, and I can sit back all day and, and tell you, you know, what would be helpful is if we stop having universal or stop having healthcare tied to people's um, jobs. Okay, that'll be helpful for the person that right now has the corona, has corona at this particular moment, but is trying to decide: Do I not go to work right now? Yeah. Do I not go to work right now and not pay for and not have the the the, the money to pay for rent, or do I go to go to work because I have this cough right now and I'm a little nervous and scared? What do you think people are going to do? And that's yeah. what a lot of people are doing right now. And I, it just, it annoys me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know you were about to say something, Xavier. No, nah, no, nah, that's, that's, that's the actual truth. And I think, uh, you know, I keep bringing it back to Deshaun. Deshaun, uh, even though I think uh, we're different from them on, on, I think only, I think we're only different, I mean, honestly, on a, on a couple of political it, issues. It, I don't think it's, a short, it's a short list, honestly. I think sometimes I can, we can look at it, um, to be honest, like, I know that's not really the point of, like, the podcast, but Deshaun's always, you know, I don't think I'll ever be necessarily, like, a leftist, you know what I'm saying? But I think I'm on, I think I'm on, uh, I think I'm a more balanced side of Christianity than a lot of the people that I, that I know and grew up with. But um, Deshaun has always been a good, like, example to me on some of the, a lot of these different issues and 
and stuff like that. But I learned a lot from him. Uh, but I think we only differ on, on a couple things, you know, and, and I, I say that to say this, like I, I was looking at uh, something else that you were posting uh, this week and we we're just talking about like, I think a running theme in, in like your post was just like the looming threat that it's like, get on board or fall off. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. send your, you know, I saw someone write on you this, this week and it had nothing to do with me. But I saw that and I was so annoyed by his comment that I had to, yeah, I, I had to I know respond. exactly what you're talking about, yeah. He was like, are you prepared to be jobless? And Deshaun was like, well, why, why would I be jobless? He's like, because if there's no school, there shouldn't be any teachers. I'm like, you know how dumb you sound? I don't know who that is. And if it's somebody important to you, Deshaun, I'm sorry. He's, he's not important at all. We used to go to brunch together. He's a friend of a friend. I don't even like, we're not even cool like that. You're good. I was just kind of like, I was just like, you know, I, was, I, I wrote underneath, I don't even think he ever responded to me, but I was like, you know, that there are thousands of institutions all over the world who, who are online. Harvard University has an online program. Like, They're literally only that, doing online right now. See, and so, and it doesn't mean that you don't have, you still need teachers. Someone still have to have the lessons. Yeah. You're just going to online lessons or virtual lessons or recorded lessons. You still need professors. You know what I'm saying? It's important. So like, but there, there it goes again. It, it kind of attributes to what you were saying, Obi. Is like, like, people are like, well, what do I do? Do I stay home and lose an income? Or do I go to work with a cough and risk it? You know what I'm saying? And, or go to work and, you know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest right now, if, if I was a parent right now, going to the, I know we're going to get to this a little bit later. But if I was a parent right now, you know what I would, if yeah. I was a parent, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be trying to find ways to homeschool my kid. I, I have because, friends who aren't even political who are homeschooling their kids. Like, they don't right. even... They're just like, it's not safe. Like, they don't even care about, like, left versus... They don't care about any of that. They're just like, I, my kid's not going to school. That's just not an option. Right. And I, I, I just think about the fact, like, I'm not someone who's, like, someone who's overwhelmingly, like, fearful of all of the coronavirus stuff, but there was nothing safe and practical about jamming. I was at... When I went to... When I was in high school, we only had 25, 2,200, 2,500 students at our school, which is a lot, really. Uh, but we had a lot of students. But you know how close in proximity we were just going to class? You know what I'm saying? I was bump. I was saying sorry like every five minutes because I bumped into somebody by accident. We were, we yeah, were you're, that. Sh you're, you're shoulder to shoulder in high school, right? Like, and even as 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 a, as a teenage guy, as a teenager, like we could probably work better on social distancing rules, but there's no way some kids are gonna do it. Kids don't have any perception of personal space. You know what I'm saying? You tell you tell a kid, oh, you know, we gotta follow the social distancing rules. They're gonna play with their mask. They're gonna they're gonna slingshot it at their friend. You know, they're going to come to your desk and ask questions and be all up in your face. Little kids love to hug you and all that other stuff. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. And then my kid's going to come home and they're going to be sick. I'm going to be pissed because, like, I don't want my, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not a, it's not, not a good idea. It's just not, yeah. a, it's just not a good idea. Well, I'm not trying to perpetuate fear or saying that I am someone that's fearful, but it's about practical and just consideration. Like, we could handle sitting out for the rest of the year and at least just watching how this goes and just... Because I know that the purpose of, of shutting everything down was to, was to conceal uh, the virus and stuff and help it to stop the spread, but that's exactly what it did. You know what I'm saying? And until we can find out, like, they don't even really have, like, vaccinations and stuff out. And, I mean, I don't think I'll take the vaccination, but, like, they don't even have viable options that are out like that. You know what I'm saying? For us to just be like, well, oh, I want to shut down the – I'm afraid. You know what I'm saying? So – it goes back to like what you were saying, Shelton, is that people are caught between that rock and a hard place where there really is no, no choice. You go to work or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to evict you. You know what I'm saying? You go, to work or, you go to work or you lost your job. That's it. And we don't care enough 
about, but any, and even it's almost impractical. What a lot of people are learning is that a lot of businesses can run on remote. Mm. A lot. You rather pay out millions of dollars to, to occupy a building than to save millions and billions of dollars, which can help you with more employees to help increase the, the, uh, the quality of your product. But you're, you rather have your bank of America, big building downtown. That's more important to you. Like that's dumb. But then again, it goes back to like what Deshaun was saying, that capitalist mentality that says it's better for the individual to focus on the individual than to focus on the good of the group. I want to go ahead because everything you're saying is so good, man. And I, and I have something to, to ask you, Deshaun, you are an educator. And right now yep. we're, go, we're dealing with it where Donald Trump and Betsy DeVoe is wanting, and she's secretary of education, never has done anything with, with public education in her life. Nothing. It actually is against public education, wants to do school vouchers and all. She has her yeah. own agenda, right? But she is, you know, a surrogate of Donald Trump going out to a lot of these news channels and saying how much she wants school to be open. Now, she's even, and I didn't even know she was this bad I, until I was doing research for the podcast today. She's against the hybrid approach. She's against having like, and on online and also in school. She's saying, no, we don't need any of that. She's saying that you guys have to be in school. All of you guys in school, there's no option for an online or doing anything virtually. She's not for any hybrid program, put the kids back in school, right? And her message was basically saying that like, um, she wants everyone in school, but then they ask her like, what do, what's the plan? Like what's, what is, you're forcing people to go to school, but what's your plan for how school's going to be? And she goes, oh, I'm going to leave that with the districts. But you're not going to leave it to the, you don't want to leave it to the districts about whether they want to open or close. Right. But yet you're, you're forcing people to go, to open up, but yet you're not forced, you're not having any kind of plan. And then Mike Pence and some of these other people are saying they don't want to follow the CDC guidelines. But my thing is like, if you truly cared about having school being, be reopened, then how, then you should have come up with some kind of plan like work alongside the cdc and say hey guys you know we work with the cdc this is the plan that we think will be helpful for you guys to open up the school but none of that happened okay but let me ask you deshaun as an educator hearing you know donald trump mike pence you know people in this administration trying to for basically basically say that they're going to withhold funding from from school you know from you know school districts that don't want to open up how do you feel hearing that type of stuff Honestly, like, I want to say, like, it makes me mad, but it's what I expect from Republicans. And this is, and this is, again, I'm not a Democrat, so I, I just want your listeners to know that. Like, I'm further to the left than that. I don't vote Democrat, like, not anymore. But just for context, like, it's what I expect from Republicans, because, again, they, Democrats, like, fake, don't like capitalism, you know what I mean? Like, they, they dabble in, like, capitalism can be bad sometimes, like, you know, Elizabeth Warren's on this, like, kind capitalism and like a capitalism that's for the people and i'm like that's not how the structure works capitalism doesn't work it's not meant for people it's meant for profits it's how you generate profits at a quick at a quick quickest speed so republicans say just don't lie they're like no we're here for profits like this is what we want to do so that's what i expect from them like it's not i can't be shocked anymore like i said as an educator i what i i think they want schools open and this is not a conspiracy. This is just looking at the situation. If the schools are open, people's kids are at, at most people view and Xavier can attest to this with the person who commented on my thing. Well, I, I, my, my school, my uh, kid's teacher, like barely talked to them, like maybe once or twice a week. And they had to do a bunch of work. and I had to basically do the teaching and I'm like, Oh, you had to be involved with your kid's schooling. Whoa, sorry. Sorry. You had to help raise your kid. 
because I, I, I work, I used to work at a preschool. Now I'm a high school teacher. That was before I was certified. Like I found a job, but in the summer, like right now I work at the preschool like for their summer camp. You'd be shocked at like how many kids I used to have in preschool who would get, we were, we used to be open from 6.30 AM to 6 PM. Do you know how many kids would be there from like 6.45 to 6 PM? How many? I was kid. I would, I had like, we'd have like 10, 15 kids at 5.55. Snap. And I had a couple kids like in my four-year-old VPK class who were there at 6.30, who were there at 6.45, who got there at seven and stayed till 6 PM. Their bedtime is eight o'clock. I raised them. I'm, I had a kid who literally called me dad. Cause I know so he didn't have a dad figure in his life, but like, I raised, we raised some of these kids and I, so, and this is not an indictment because the preschool I work at is not in a poor area. It's in the rich part of town. So these are not poor people that I'm talking about for poor people. It's a different ball game. They, they need that support because they're trying to pay rent and raise a kid. That's a complicated process. But I think what they want is they want the schools open. So parents have that free baby. It's not even about the education. It's about parents having a free babysitter so that parents can go to work. Because they want the economy open, and if you close the schools, it, put, it puts pressure on the government to shut the economy down because people can't go to work. It's like the domino's got to fall one way or the other. You open the economy and open the schools, or you close the schools and you're going to have to close the economy down. And I will say, um, Sheldon, like I just, while you were giving that spiel about like halting the rents and landlords, and I know you're not a leftist, I know X and I'm not trying to like gotcha moment you. That's yeah. literally like the party for socialism and liberation's like stance. You, you basically gave a speech for PSL just now. Like you, you basically read our website, and I mean that sincerely. Like, because they're because they're like, we need the schools closed, but we also need the economy shut down, and people need relief more than twelve hundred dollars, and you need to halt the rents, and you need to halt utility bills, and you need to freeze mortgage so landlords don't go homeless either. They're like the economy should be at a, in other countries that aren't socialists or like you know they're democratic socialists, and countries that aren't even socialists are capitalists. They shut the economy down for like four months, gave everybody a check every two weeks. Didn't pay, didn't charge anybody rent, didn't charge utilities, didn't charge mortgages. And they just said, pause, pause on everything. Here's enough money to make sure you can eat. And if you do have other bills that aren't like, if you can't get your car payment paused, here's enough money. So you're good on those things and you'll be okay by the time this thing is done. And we didn't do that. We gave people $1,200. And since that check came out, I think this was like four or five weeks ago, our friend posted this. They were like that. When that check came out, that it had been 12 weeks when she said this. So this is, I'm going to say three or four weeks ago. She was like, they basically said, here's $100 a week for the next three months. And now we're at like 15 or 16 weeks. So here's $70 a week. Here's $75 a week. They want the schools open because they want the economy open. Because the only thing Donald Trump really has, that's like one of the Republican talking points, is the economy. So if the economy's tanking, he has nothing but the racism and the culture war and everything, which is why he's barking on it now. But it's like, because like we actually have an event organized this coming Monday that I help organize. Like I was talking to X about it. It's like my first like, thing I was involved in the planning of so it's kind of cool for me like getting more involved whatever but it's like we're actually doing a protest at the district school building and I actually it was my job to watch the superintendents out like hour and like 15 minute press conference and take notes on like what he said was going to happen how we're going to do things and I'm just going to give you all a couple these are just a couple points I wrote down of things that were a problem in our district and this is most districts in Florida because Florida is the epicenter right now there's no mandate that all people on campuses have to wear masks so staff and this is not just teachers and students. We're talking janitors. We're talking bus drivers. Like, it's optional, which is dangerous. Positive. If there's a positive test, so you know, uh, obviously, X is the pastor, Michelle, and you work. You you have like a regular like office job. I don't know if y'all working from home right now. Yeah, all like, of us working from home right now. Okay, so if y'all were in the office though, if one person tests positive, because this happened to people I know, the whole office shuts down. Everyone has to go be quarantined for two weeks. It happened to my mom. 
my mom, someone tested positive around her, everyone had everyone who was in contact with them had to be quarantined because you're at risk of it now. You can go get tested, but like that takes 10 days to come back. We just quarantine now. Let's just be safe. If a, if a kid tests positive, that kid has to take two weeks off, 10 school days, which is 10, two weeks with the weekends. And the entire class doesn't have, they, the, the superintendent literally said the chance of an entire class, not a school, of one class, like an elementary class, all being quarantined is, is going to be extremely rare. So if a one seven-year-old gets it in his class, the whole class is still going to come to school. Even if, if they haven't been tested, well, who, who, if they don't have it, hope the teacher doesn't have it. And in high school, if one, eight, one 12th grader has it, how many kids do you see in a day? Seven classes? 20, 20 kids, and that's minimum, literally, in my district, 30 kids a class? That's 200 kids who could have gotten it from them. It's airborne. See, and, and also, too, like, my mom, like, my mom's, like, class, and this is what bothers me so much is, like, they do, like, I forget what they, what they call it. Well, they, she'll have, like, her homeroom. She'll have, like, her homeroom yep. for, like, a couple of classes. Then they switch, like, I think after lunch or something, they switch with, like, another, like, fourth grade class. So she's got, she has two groups of kids, and then guess what? They yep. use all the same desks, right? So, like. And who's sanitizing those in between? Sanitizing Nobody. the desk, desk in between. Like, there's no. To me, and I, this is me from the outside who's not in the education field, I just feel like there's no real enough plan. Like, I feel yeah, like the, the had, plan's thin. You, you, had a, you had a way. Like, let's say when we started closing in March and everything, and you could sit back and say, okay, just put out and say, hey, we're not going to have, um, you know, we're not going to have, you're not going to be able to go into campus, you know, this fall, but this is our plan for it. So you, you could have planned that from, like, earlier. But I think everyone wants to go back to a normal, like so yep. badly that they have not thought about a well enough plan. Now, I, I now in order for me to say all sides, because I want to talk all sides, let me read to you a statement that a parent said on, on Facebook. Okay. Um, and I want to read that to you and tell me what your reply to it is. She goes, treat the schools like the NBA are treating the players. Test everyone before school starts. Have the health attend uh, school with masks and the positive ones do district learning until they have cl um, cleared the return. Hate to inform all of you that us working parents cannot again, cannot afford to stay home with our children to make sure they're taking care of, of their business. And I don't want to hear that crap about, oh, you have a teenager. Yes, I do, but teens need a lot of supervision. Um, also, or they get into stuff, or do you forget how you were as a teen? All the concerns make sense, but it's not a logical approach to cancel school for much longer. Now, I'm for staying home with mine, but who is paying all these bills, baby? We may be blessed, <laughs> but then she goes on to say, also, some of these high school teachers suck at online teaching, and that's a fact. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Please stop trying to force a decision on us working essential parents, because she works in the healthcare field, right? Because she's basically saying, I can't afford to stay home with my child because I, you know, I work in healthcare. I ha I'm like an essential worker. I can't afford to just stay home with them. Like, especially like thinking about like the single mom, like what is a single mom going to do with a second grader who I know you're saying that they should stay home, but at the same time, it's like, I, I literally can't do that because I have to work. You know what I'm saying? And so what would you say to something like that? Um, all right. I will say if you're an essential worker, I have a different answer for you. That's going to well, I'll get to that in a second. If you're a non-essential worker, you shouldn't be at work. Like I said, I get it because they're like, well, how am I going to pay my bills? And that's everything we talked about earlier is like the government should have shut down everything. The government should have been issuing checks. It's not on the school to make up for the government's failings. The, gov the school is an extension of the government, but it's like it's an extension of local government. The federal government and the state government like a, at a larger level should have been addressed your needs. Stop looking to me to address what your president, what your, what your Congress people, what your state, le state legislators didn't do, what your mayor didn't do. Like, 
I think it's a lot of like working class people fight each other. It's kind of like it's like we were talking about what we and you were talking once about um like that like the wealth gap and like ninety nine like the top one percent owns this much and the rest of us are fighting for the crumbs. That's what we're doing right now. We're fighting each other. Like the teachers are fighting the nurses over like, well, we don't need to be open because we're at risk. Well, I'm already at risk and my kid need like we're looking at the wrong person. We're, we're fighting each other when we should be looking at like your look at your mayor, look at your governor. The Ron DeSantis is just being like figure it out and watching us fight while he sits while, while when he has meetings, they're they're six feet apart. Yeah. Our superintendent press conference, there was no one allowed in it except for like four people who were at four different desks, like ten feet from each other. But we have to go to school. Like that's it yeah. doesn't mean to make any sense. You know you're living safely because you know that it's it's dangerous and you're gonna send the kids to school anyway. Now to the essential worker, and I mean no disrespect by this, like I'm not trying to minimize like how much you have to work because like, you don't have a choice. My mom's an essential worker. She works in a doctor's office. Like they worked from home and now she has to be back in the office. Like she has a lot of elderly people, so she's very scared of getting it because most of their, their uh, patients are older and she's scared of like infecting somebody. Right. So I get it. But like if you're an essential worker, and I don't mean this sarcastically, what do you do in the summertime? Mm. Like what do you do when your kid doesn't have school for those three months? Now if they go to daycare or something – that's when I'm like, okay, I don't really that, at that point because daycares can't operate at, like for school for you in that capacity. But if you're like, if you're like a single mom, like you know, n- like I don't know, like the levels of nurses. I know there's like nurse practitioner, C, all that stuff. If you're a level of nurse where you don't have enough money for to pay for daycare because it's not cheap. I work at one in the summers. It's expensive. If your kid like goes to your like cousin's house or your aunt's house or your you know your brother's house for the in the summer when you're at work, do that in the school year. Like I'm not saying like because there's going to be examples of people who don't have a support system. And but like most people, like there's somebody who can have your kid for the hours you're at work. They're ha- like they're most likely a somebody. And I've even seen like this is like very local, but I've even seen like people being like, "Hey, if you want to sign up to have your kid do virtual schooling, like I'm willing to take on like five kids or something like that." Like literally, like black people doing that in our city because we're a very mm-hmm. poor city. Wow. And she's like, "I work from home. I'll take on five kids. Like my kids in this grade, I'll take on five other kids in that grade and facilitate." So if you have to work, like it's, it's what it comes down to when we talk about individualism earlier, like community has to watch out for community. There has to be somebody who can help you in this time because everyone else should be at home. If everyone else was at home, there'd be ample people who your kid could be at, be watched by while they're in this, in school for that six or seven hours doing remote learning. But again, it comes back to like, it's a domino thing. If you're, if your kid, if everyone else around your kid has to go to work, and you have to go to work. There's no one to watch your kid. They have to go to school. The school has to be open. We have to be at risk. If everyone else is shut down, we'd have the space. Like there, there's so many op- options that open up if the economy is shut down and we're getting relief checks. Like I said, that's what it comes back to is, and that's why like for even the protests where I'm, or- I'm helping organize, like I, I don't want to say I'm organizing because I don't want to take that kind of credit, but like that I helped organize. One of our demands is that like the city and state acknowledge that the coronavirus is getting worse in Florida and they shut the economy down and push for relief checks for people and halt rents, halt mortgage. Like that's part of our demands. It's not just shut the schools down. It's do the whole circle, do the whole pie. If we don't, if we only do one part, it's not sufficient. So to the essential worker, I'm sorry, you're in a terrible position. And I've seen nurses walking off the job. Like I've seen all kinds of crazy things the last few months. But just because, like, you're individually in a tough spot doesn't mean we need to put everybody in a dangerous spot. I think, yeah, I think I think everything you just said is, like, I, I just feel like I need to clap for what you just said. Like, that is so good. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, you know, um, Xavier, man, you as a Christian, right, as we, as we are trying to navigate these, you know, you know, 
life, this new life, right, due to corona. Um, I just saw a, a case today, it broke my heart, um, about an Arizona teacher. I didn't even know this. This is when I was doing my study. An Arizona teacher during summer school, she died because of COVID. And she died. It was like a virtual. And the thing is, it was a virtual learning. It was a virtual learning situation. So all the kids were learning online. But the issue is, it was her and three other teachers that were together. And all three teachers tested positive for COVID. And one of them ended up dying. You know? So, like, in as, as much as, you know, all this is good that we're, like, the things that we're, you know, we're proposing, how is it, how do you feel as a Christian hearing, like, someone asked Donald Trump this, like, you know, about this teacher who died, and he was all like, and he didn't even address it. He was like, we need to reopen the schools. We need to reopen. That was like, like, he was, like, stuck on that talking point as, as if, like, no humanity, no, like, empathy, no, like, I'm sorry she died, but neglect her like yeah she's just one life what, what is it when you hear people especially people on the right who are basically like you know statistically it's only zero point da, 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 and they don't think about the math of like well that's thirteen thousand kids or that's this amount of kids, you know what i mean what do you say to those people who are, you know who are seems to, to me like don't care for life or don't value life like they should like without being disrespectful like that's basic mathematics that's basic mathematics. Like, first off, every life is every life is precious, right? But if you take, you know, ten percent of ten dollars, what you gonna get? A dollar, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But every time you add ten, that goes up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And we said it even at the beginning of the virus situation. We were talking about like how, like. It's small right now, but the higher it goes, the higher the percentage. Like 1%, you think about the 1% who owns a lot, most of the wealth in the world. 1% of people, that's a lot of money they got though. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like they, people kind of like think about like just the percentage. Of, uh, could you imagine what it would be like if it were actually was like 50%, 75%? We're talking about wiping out most of the country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I don't, it's it's you know you don't want to you don't want to perpetuate fear but you at the same time even as a pastor i get frustrated with people who don't take it seriously at the same time you know what i'm saying i'm just kind of like it, consideration like i have people in my church who have you know i don't think they'll ever come back i don't think they'll ever come back and it's wow. because they just don't want to be outside yeah i understand that yeah they just don't want to be outside yeah. and it and it sucks and, you know, it hurts a lot of those people, you know, you're really close to it and everything, but it's like, at the, at the same time, I understand that you're 70, you know what I'm saying? And this is a big risk for you. Like, how can we, you know, it's like that. It's like, we want to just like that, that we individualism is so weird because it doesn't, it focuses on the individual, but, but leaves out other individuals. Like individualism doesn't work for everybody, for everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, I think as we look at this, you know, we were talking about it, you know, profit over people and profit, profit over functions, like, you know, Deshaun, like what you mentioned before. And it's just kind of like, that's that same, that same issue that, uh, that, that bleeds over it. And people, people don't really care. Like, well, whatever happens, it's not that many people. And it's just kind of like, that also bleeds back over into our, our whole, like, pro-life discussion that I was having on Facebook uh, last week, you know, about we care about life in the womb, but not life after it. 
You mean to tell me that there's no way that we can work around having a functioning functioning environment and not put people's lives at risk? Like we yeah. can't even entertain like alternatives and try to ma- at least try to make something work. You know, I, I, and that's that's just that's just difficult for me. And it's I, I don't so difficult. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'm on like I'm not on board with the school situation. I'm not. I'm not on board with it. I don't think it's a good idea. What's the best way for disease to spread is to be in close in proximity. And so you had, a, you had two options or three options. You either went into school full, prox, a full, full force back to normal, which looks like it's the option they're pushing for. You had the partial one, which would put more strain on teachers and probably less pay, right? And then you had the third, which is to be remote. And it was like, we don't see the, the foolish nature behind saying, well, you know what? To me, it sounds like I don't want to deal with it. Send them all back. We don't want to do the work to figure out more practical ways for this to work for everyone. Let's just send them all back. We're done. What I'm trying to figure out, too, is like, Deshaun, um, I forget. I think you did the math on your Facebook, right? How many kids, like based upon what they, the, the statistics or whatever, how many kids would that be that, that end up, you know, dying in your district? Oh, I think you're muted, man. Yeah, I think what they said was like, I, I forgot, I think it was like 0. 0.0, it wasn't even like 1%, it was like 0.0016% or something like that. And it was like, of people who get it will die, like, of like kids in that age, like, you know, 4 to 18, whatever. And that's not infected, that's just who will die. And they were like, now multiply that by how many kids in your district. How many is that? Is that too many? And our number, and I live in Pensacola, like to y'all who don't know where that is, I'm up in West Florida. Like that's not a huge city. I grew up in Orlando. Yeah. But all the schools that I went to are bigger than the schools I work at now. Mm-hmm. And we, me and X didn't even live in the city. We live in the burbs. The yeah. city, the schools are humongous. Yeah. So in my, in my moderate, I'll say moderate sized district relative to Florida, it was 65 kids. That's not teachers. That's not staff. That's not bus drivers. And that's not that's how not many people that get, that get it. That's not even people. That that's yeah. That's not infections. That's not administrators. It's like how many kids is too many? Is sixty five kids too many? What if what if it's only half of that? Is thirty two kids too many? Yeah. I saw for the state of Arizona, they had a um, someone like leaked one of the emails that they had sent out like to teachers and staff and stuff. And in part of like their agenda was a, te- a letter template for the death of a staff member or a student. They're already writing up letter templates for if someone dies. In I think it was either Arizona or Utah. I don't want to mess up the state. But you can find it on Facebook or somewhere on Google. Like, look it up. Can we sue? Like, that's another thing I, I want to ask that, too. That, that's been a conversation. Can, like, if my mom, if, if, if something happens to my mom or to any teacher, let's just say any teacher, any teacher, something happens to them, do the f- families have the right to sue the state for that? I think I'm that's something that you're gonna put some kind of disclosure clause yeah. in there that's gonna say again, forcing the hand. You could decline and get fired, or you can accept and sign a waiver that if you should come on to work, that we're not re- held responsible. And I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what to talk to see. 
I'm not even. Yeah, I, I'm not even a teacher, and I and I and I feel like that's what. Yeah, I'm doing. I, they haven't said that to us yet. Like I don't think there's any like like anything in in writing that says that as of now. But that's kind of the conversation because like, I'm I'm in my union like locally. I just joined, and our union's like one of the weakest in the state. Like it's there's like the fl- the state union, and then we're broken to the districts. Ours is one of the weaker ones. But like yeah, like, there's been a conversation. Like I'm in a group called like Save Florida Schools, where it's like nationwide. Like I've even talked to teachers back home, actually like, in Seminole County, which is kind of cool, mm-hmm. who are like talking about what they're doing because they're protesting down there. They're fighting in Seminole County and Orange County. But yeah, they've been like a conversation about can you sue? How does that work legally? And I think it's like both a combination of like, see, they're signing a waiver. For the students, I don't know how that works. Well, I think that's the illusion of choice they're giving people. Well, you had the choice. You didn't have to send them to school. Because I know for us, parents have three choices. They can do full-on in-school, remote learning, 100%, or virtual school, which is like, it's like Florida virtual school. It's separate from your, you will not attend your school. You attend a Florida virtual school, which is totally separate. It doesn't fall on the school's responsibility, whatever. Remote remote learning is like you have to go to school for seven hours. Those are the hours, but you're watching it on video. You're what you're streaming it basically. Mm, okay. That's what that's what that's what we offered people, which is again, I live in a very poor district. I work for a Title One school. Not one of my students can afford to do that. Not one of their parents were off work during that three months. Dang. I, I have kids whose moms are like the manager at a Popeyes. Popeyes didn't close during all this. I have another kid whose mom runs a subway. They didn't close for all this. People whose moms and dads work at Walmart, who work at like they're they're poor. That's why they go to my school. That's how they end up with us. We're especially we're an alternative program. Like you don't end up with us because everything's good at home. And that's no disrespect to my parents because I think they work hard. They're doing their best. They're not. They've they've been given no shoes and asked to pull them and their kids up by their straps. So it's like I'm not mad at them. Like they're doing their best. I actually I weep for a lot of them. Like it's the things they go through. I couldn't imagine. I'm poor, just great paying for me. And they're trying to raise a kid in poverty. Like, I, I don't get it. It's, impo- it's an impossible task. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I work for a Title I school. Like, they, those kids don't have – there's the illusion of choice. There is – well, you could have done remote schooling. How? With what resources? Who Again, who was paying the rent? How was I going to go to work? All that – those questions. Who was going to make my teenager not play PlayStation all day and actually sign into class? Because yeah. 14-year-olds are stupid. They're, they're not going to think about, like, I'm going to fail this class. I had kids I had to, like, literally FaceTime their mom and them at the same time and make them do their work. And that's what I, I said it on Facebook. Like I was like, if you've never taught algebra and geometry by FaceTime at 7 p.m. on a Friday, I don't want to hear your take on if school should be open or not. Because I would do it again to not put my kids at risk. I have immunocompromised students. Like, yeah. But yeah, like it's like I said, they're, the students can't sue because they have choice. The parents have the choice. And I think the teachers, like, I don't think the union just has that kind of standing. We're a right-to-work state. Like, we can't even strike. If teachers strike in Florida, they can fire us. Like, full stop. So it's like we don't have a lot of wiggle room. This was what make, makes me upset because we would write, give a trillion, and I don't under, like to, and maybe it's because I'm not smart or intelligent enough, but uh, over a trillion dollars that we're investing in the stock market makes absolutely n- no sense to me. Absolutely no sense. Like the stock, I forget, one comedian said a stock, the stock markets are just, um, white people's report cards. I, I just don't, I just don't care. Okay. I just don't care with, with, you know, but that is showing you how much they care about the investment class and not the working class of this country. And what, what makes me upset is all of this could be avoided. If we literally gave, listen, listen and I, and I hate being this person, but it's, it's our money. Like some of you guys, right. Are upset about getting your money back with what you have put into the system. Okay, like, and we're just saying for a short time, get relief checks to people, get people to stay inside, 
don't bail out these corporations and these companies because you cannot tell the American people that they need three months saved up for an emergency, but these people can't can't have three months of, for an emergency for their corporations and these companies. You cannot do that, okay? And you're saying you're going to bail out a corporation for not budgeting well enough to, to handle an emergency for three months. But but then when when someone is, has to file bankruptcy, you're like, well, you should have been should have been able to prepare for three months. Like I don't I don't like that. I don't like the way we treat the working class in this country, and I will consistently say that because it's annoying and it's just we profit over people, like we say. And I know, and I know, I know I'm sounding like I'm radicalized and that I'm going super on the left, but I just care about people. And I, it just, to this day, it annoys me that we have people right now that can't stay home because yeah. they have to go to work to pay for rent that should be canceled because we're in a global pandemic, okay? We're, 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 people are going to die that did not have to die if the government would have stepped in and did what they needed to do. Um, I have so much more to say, but I want to, I want, I really want to get to something uh, that we're going to do a little bit later for you guys. Um, but before we, uh, before we get out of here, I want to ask you guys both this, and then we're going to, we're going to end, we're going to be done. And then we're going to do some fun, more, some more fun stuff. But Talking about Donald Trump and his and his gearing for presidency and things that just presidency in general, can you guys tell me what would make you not vote for a candidate? What would literally take would say, listen, like, you know, because right now I think, you know, at this point, both of you guys aren't really feeling like these both these guys are representing your values. So I want to start off with you, Xavier, man. What would make you think about saying, I ain't voting for neither of these fools. Like, what, 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 what is it for you? I don't like being played for a fool. Mm. I don't like, like, I'm a psychology major. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand, like, my, my mind tricks. I understand things like uh, concepts like gaslighting. I understand different stuff like that. And I hate when people try to play on my emotions because that's abuse. Mm. That's abuse. The bar. And, and what was that? Said so that's a bar. Yeah, it's abuse. I mean, mm. I'm in group therapy uh, this week. I had a co-facilitated group today. Um, and another, 15 other uh, mental health counselors in training. And just you even just see like how easily it is to tax somebody emotionally. So to prey on somebody's emotions is what the government has been doing for a long time in both of these parties. And what people need to realize, if you look both, if you go up the ladder far enough, you're going to see that both of those parties play for the same side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They want they just want to push their agenda the, their own way. You know what I'm saying? And that's what caused the split. But, you know, and, and so I say that to say this is I learned and Obi, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. I didn't get, a, I didn't want to interrupt you, so I didn't, I didn't say anything about it. But you think about the fact that I know a lot of black families and minority people of color who are pro Democratic Party, but the Democratic Party preys on us too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. they try to prey like on our emotions and just like that. I mean, you can even see it. Like it was, it's embarrassing. Like I saw the picture, like with the the protest thing. I saw those uh, uh, a lot of like white Democrats like taking a knee and putting the fist up and wearing like the African like regalia and all that <laughs> other stuff like that. And I'm just kind of like, like that made me so mad. I'm in. The, I'm getting. I'm waiting, waiting for my car to get uh, my oil change. And I'm watching this on the TV they have there. And I'm getting so mad. And you'll see Joe Biden. It was Biden, right? Who was like, if you don't vote 
for you know, me, for you're, not me black. you're not black. Like, don't say stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely don't want to vote for you now. You know what I'm saying? So between like, so between people who, um, so between people who, who are, uh, who are just pushing an agenda that I'm not, that I don't agree with. And then people who are trying to play on my emotions to get me to, to support them. I don't, I don't see why either one of them are better options than the other. Like we start saying stuff like, oh, like the, 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 the lesser of two evils. And I'm just kind of like, eh, like Deshaun was saying, we're not going to, uh, what's the phrase that you use? We're not going to uh, do a oppression Olympics. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is kind of a, you know, an Olympics of sorts as well. Like neither one of y'all are, are to me, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure y'all, y'all might disagree. And that's okay. I, I like hearing the, the difference in opinion. But like to me, that's not worth it to me. Like that's not worth it to me. I'd rather just step back and let y'all figure it out figure it out yourself and i know what people are going to say when they hear this podcast oh but you know like they were saying before well you know not voting for hillary is to vote for donald trump or not voting for donald trump is to vote for hillary you gotta pick a side you know i don't gotta do jack i don't gotta do jack oh if you don't vote you don't have a say no i'll say what i want you know what i'm saying because like you can't tell me that my feelings are invalidated because you gave me two terrible choices and you want me to pick one person who's abusing my emotions and the other one who's abusing my rights? Like, come on, where yeah. that's, I, I'm not on, Ooh. I'm not on board with that. That and is so a bar I'm, too. <laughs> I'm saying it for the record that Xavier Small and the small household are fully prepared to not vote this fall. So say what you want. Hey, tweet, tweet that. So I can retweet you. Cause I don't want to steal it, but tweet that so I can retweet you. Hey. Tweet, tweet that. I'm, me for real, because I'm going to retweet you three times, a couple times tomorrow. <laughs> I ain't got no followers anymore, but I'm going to retweet you a few times. Uh, but go ahead. you go ahead. Same question to you, Deshaun. Like, what would make you sit back and say, you know, I'm done. I'm not voting for you guys. Honestly, like, and that, I felt this way four years ago with Hillary. And I, like, I voted for her because I was like, look, Donald Trump is bad. And, you know, we, I got to I got to vote against him, whatever. But at this point, like, you just have to at least kind of share my values. Like, it. And again, I'm a leftist. I'm a socialist. Like my values are far to the left of like the Democrats. Um, I think Joe Biden. I think even Bernie Sanders. Like people are like, well, that means you're a Sanders guy. Honestly, not really. Bernie Sanders like is still like pro America and pro imperialism. And there's a lot of things that I don't I don't bang with that he says. Like just because he's 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 a he's a populist and a socialist. Like he believes in the people, and that's important. Excuse me. I'm sorry. He believes like the people, but that doesn't mean that like his policies don't ha- stop harming people. Like he, he, Bernie Sanders don't have a great stance on black people. Bernie Sanders isn't trying to stop American wars overseas that are, ki- that have been killing millions for, for decades. Like th- those things matter to me too. Like, so um, yeah, you just have to share some of my, some of my values. You have to at least like until American politics moves shifts left, which Bernie Sanders and even Andrew Yang with like, in, you know, universal basic income. Like I know he's not a leftist himself, but U- UBI is a leftist concept. Like the idea, like, because I've been recently, like, I took a class on Cuba recently through PSL, Party for Socialism Liberation. For y'all listening, again, communist group, Marxist-Leninist. If I know some of your listeners are like, this Deshaun guy, again, with the communism. Look, I, that's, who, that's who I am. I don't know what y'all want from me. That's, that's what I offer here at Perspective Wise. Yeah. But UBI is like a socialist and communist, like, idea that, like, no matter what happens, like, you're going to be okay. Like, your basic needs are met. And UBI basically does it the reverse way like it does the capitalist way of giving you money to pay the bills whereas like in communism it's the bills don't they don't exist but it's like like we all mutually own the electricity and the water and the housing so you don't have to pay somebody rent like we we mutually as society own it It doesn't belong to any one person it's your house like it doesn't mean you don't own a house but it means like 
as a like the government paid for it because the government is us. The government is not some magical boogeyman entity that's like over there. The government is us. Like like how you were saying earlier with our tax dollars, like that's my money. I pay taxes this year. Yeah. I I probably paid a bigger percentage of my income than than the wealthy because they have they they can afford to pay somebody to find tax loopholes and not actually pay taxes. Yeah. They, Jeff Bezos, they like I think they said Amazon paid like no taxes like three years ago. No Amazon's a billion taxes. dollar company. In a, in yeah, no row. federal taxes. I think for four years in a row or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like they have lawyers they can pay to not pay taxes. They Wait, they don't loop. do what? Yeah, Amazon pay didn't pay federal taxes, taxes no. for four years. Yeah. Billions of dollars. Yeah. Billions of dollars went through Amazon and they didn't pay a cent until towards the government. They didn't pay their fair share. I paid my taxes. They taxed my check. They're making sure I pay for these roads and now, these schools. Now, do you know what the right says to that? The right says that um, they paid the employees who paid their taxes. Yeah, and I, and I think and like, that even is liber- so dumb, but go ahead. And I, I have libertarian friends who are like, taxation is theft. No, taxation is an agreement in society that we're all going to take care of each other. If you don't like it, don't be part of society. Don't drive on any more roads. Don't, don't send your kids to public school. You don't get to say taxation is theft and then not... And then send your kids to public school or use public roads or use county roads or use anything that a society, as a society, we paid for. You don't get to use electricity because in a lot of cities and states, the county runs that. The county owns the water. Don't use the water then. Pump your own water. Clean your own water. Go ahead. Since taxation is theft or whatever. But that's a tangent. I don't want to get off on that yeah, right yeah, now. I got My man said, walk through the wilderness. Don't take no roads. Yeah. Build, don't build, take your own roads. Build your own house. Build your own roads and purify your own water since you want to talk. You don't want to pay taxes. But yeah, like I Shout said, out my to the Amish community. <laughs> yeah, like hey, hey, they they're doing it. They're libertarians for real out there. But yeah, like I said, it's you gotta share some of my values. And Joe Biden doesn't. Hillary Clinton doesn't. I mentioned it earlier. Like Joe Biden, like said, like we should be shooting protesters in the leg instead of in the back. Like that is, if there's a statement that that could better summarize Democrats versus Republicans in terms of black issues, that's it right there. Well, don't kill them. Just maim them. Like what? Yeah. Maybe don't kill us. Maybe don't shoot at us. Maybe talk to us. Maybe try to fix things. Like, but you just you don't want that. You want the status quo. And I think using Donald Trump as a scare a scare tactic. I, the reason I'm not voting for Joe Biden this year, and I voted for Hillary four years ago, is I'm tired of like Xavier said being abused emotionally. And like I don't think Democrats abuse me emotionally by like trying to take advantage of like my fears. I think that there is some Democrats who genuinely genuinely believe like in black rights and black with black lives matter and like things we stand for politically. But I do think like a lot of them are stoking like, well, I mean, Donald Trump, look at that guy. He's where he's way worse. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it's like Xavier said, like, you, you offer me like this, this was like a joke that South Park made, but like during the election in 2016, they were like, it's the fart versus like the poop. Like, uh-huh. and they didn't use those terms, obviously, yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but y'all, y'all get what I mean. It was like, they're both bad. <laughs> neither one is good one's just a little dirtier than the other like i don't see like i'm not gonna vote for somebody just because like they're not as bad as the other guy and i've seen a lot of this is a little bit of a tangent but i've seen a lot of like trump is the worst president ever we got to get him out of there no he's not the worst president yeah I, and i tweeted about this earlier today people are like trump's the worst president ever i'm like no no no. he's the most embarrassing president to you yeah he he's an idiot sure but there's uh, Andrew Jackson committed genocide of Native American people. Trump hasn't committed any genocides. Woodrow Wilson played a KKK movie in the White House. Yeah. Um, facts. facts. Who uh, was, I forgot who, um, I think it was Truman. Truman dropped, a, I think it was Truman during World War II after Roosevelt died. He dropped a nuclear bomb on civilians twice. Yeah, 
twice. twice. We nuked civilians. Yep. Nixon and um, I forgot who was president before Nixon. It was you know it was Kennedy and Lyndon B. Johnson. Like during the Korean War and that like not Korean War but the Vietnamese War, we used chemical warfare on people. Yep. Obama committed. Obama used drones on children. Yeah. He, Obama has kids' deaths on his conscience, and we don't talk about it enough. Like. No, we don't talk about it at all, really. Yeah, yeah, because Obama's like he's a black president, and I I love Obama symbolically. Like uh, people who know me know that. But like my my point is like every American president via imperialism alone has blood on their hands, death on their hands, and quite frankly, a competent president does more damage than Trump can do because they yeah. know what they're doing. Trump's an idiot. Trump does stuff by accident, and his lackeys who know what they're doing do stuff. <laughs> the kids in cages are bad. Don't get me wrong. COVID is a really is, a, is an embarrassingly bad like screw up of a national crisis. But, like, George Bush left people in New Orleans drown during Katrina. Like, let's not act like this is the first time somebody's dropped the ball, Republican or Democrat. Like, it's, it's yeah. both sides of the aisle. Bush, They've the continuously Bush, the been Bush violent. hugs Michelle Obama, so we good with it now. Yeah, he gave her a lollipop during a funeral, so they're, they're, we're all besties. Oh, boy. But that just tells you that they're on the same side of things. Michelle Obama's hugging a war criminal. George Bush, by, all, by the U.N. standards, is a war criminal. Yep. But we're, the, we're America, so come take him. Send, send the UN forces to come take them. Like the two-party system is trash. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm to the left of both, and when we break this down into small, smaller pieces, I'll be over there with you know social with a socialist or communist party. I'm presently a member of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. We do have a candidate running for president, Gloria Lariva. Like I'm voting for her, not because I think she's going to win, because I think her ideas matter, and I think even if it, even if her percentage says like 003 percent, her name's on the screen, and we people can be like, oh, who's that lady? Because these ideas need to be, I'm, I'm just voting for her just so that her ideas can get put in the conversation. Similar to you voting for Andrew Yang. I know you didn't expect him to win, like the Democratic nomination, but his ideas need to be in the conversation because they matter more than like the name. Yeah, but yeah Andrew, was- Andrew Yang ticks me off because I'm gonna say this one time. I know I talk about him a lot. He just don't. He needs to. Him and Bernie Sanders needs the black vote, and the black vote is the only reason why Joe Biden won the nomination because he was he was dead in the water he did not he didn't raise enough money he didn't have enough ads nothing but south carolina the black caucus went behind him and said we're voting for joe biden and when he won south carolina he won the delegates enough and he got the momentum enough to win the nomination. people started yeah people floating behind him and what ends up happening is people just wants to vote for the winner so like oh we we think he's gonna win anyway so then he started all this momentum but he did not he didn't spend half as much on ads didn't have to spend didn't even didn't campaign in some of these states but he ended up winning only because he south carolina was how he won and it was bunch of black people that voted for joe biden so this is what if and i don't and i can't stand that bernie sanders and his little his little cockiness he was basically saying oh i good i'm good with minorities yeah you were good with the hispanic vote but you needed the black vote the black vote is the base of the democratic party yeah for that it didn't cater for that didn't try hard enough to win that vote and because you didn't try hard enough to win that vote it showed in the polls and so in andrew yang same thing to him as well so it's like but their ideas, man, the policies that they had, it could be revolutionary. Yeah, it's it's so, political revolution. Like, and the thing is that makes me so upset with Joe Biden is like legitimately, your state. I think he he says something so stupid about like marijuana. Like, oh, we're not sure about what how mar what marijuana is going to do. So he's not really sure if he's for, um, you know. And I'm like, bro, are you see? Like, literally, that is the that's the the bar is so low, bro. The bar is literally to the Google. Ground. You can read one article on Google and be like, "Oh, okay, I get, I get marijuana now. I understand the argument for it or against it." Like, what's wrong with you? 
He does not, he, like, the thing is, and then, and no one wants to say this, especially people on the left, like CNN doesn't want to say it, MSNBC doesn't want to say yeah. it, but we, they don't want to say that this guy's a flawed candidate. Like, he doesn't know what day of the week is. I've asked, I, I, I bet if we ask him right now, what day is it? Oh, I don't know, it was Tuesday. Right. He's hella senile. I think he's senile low-key, like, I, I remember, like, and this is, I always listen to Brilliant Idiots, I kind of fell off of them a little bit, but. I, I was into a little bit, I, and I don't really like Andrew Schultz, but he made a good point just about Joe Biden. He was like, they asked him about like economic policy, and he was talking about having like, a granola bar for lunch. Like, <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know, bro. He, he doesn't. Know. He's just a white dude who has like the Obama cosign, and he's a white male. So like those voters who are, who have their bigotry that they can't get over, they'll vote for him anyway. Yeah. Who Democrats can they think he can win? He's yeah. not a he's not a good candidate. Like it just he's worse than Hillary, but they learned four years ago. That like that white republic, I'm not gonna say Republican. That white resentment and that like male resentment won't vote for a powerful woman who they see as a quote unquote. Be, I'm not gonna cuss on your podcast, but like who they they see in that 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 in that light, they won't do it. So they were like, okay, we'll get a, a strong white dude who Obama likes. Get the black vote. Get the the, the bigoted white vote. Now I will say Joe Biden, and maybe you you can probably educate me if I'm wrong on this too. So educate me. You can educate me right on the podcast too, and I'll be fine. I think Joe Biden is a better person. Than Hillary Clinton is as a person. Yeah, because I'll give you that. Hillary Clinton, like, I there's a part I understand the fear that people had with Hill. Like Hillary, like I, I I for real think she has bodies. Like I think she's she's killed people. Like I I I like like I don't think she's like done it like done the yeah. act. But I think that she's been like that person over there is the one I want gone, and someone has done that. You know what I mean? Like Hillary, I'm scared of Hillary. You know what I'm saying? She she's too, she's too politically savvy and like too like. And this is like I know a lot of feminists and stuff, and I, I'm I'm a, a, a feminist myself. Like I, I understand like the plight of women and all that stuff. I'm not trying to disregard that, but I think a lot of and I'll say white feminists to clarify, but like a lot of them are like, well, you just don't like Hillary Clinton because she's a powerful woman and like she doesn't seem feminine enough. I'm like, no, no, no. Like she, her political calculus is scary. It scares people because the same honestly applies to a lot of politicians. There's a lot of Democrats that I'm like, it's not just women, it's men and women that I'm like you've been too good at this for too long and there's too much money involved for your hands to be clean. Like, I'm not a Benghazi conspiracist. I don't think Benghazi is actually that big a deal. I think it just became like a talking point. But I do think that Hillary, I think there's, Hillary has bodies. Shoot, I think Joe Biden has bodies. I think, I think Obama's got bodies. I think if you are in any type of form of government, especially on the top, you have and with bodies that, and you have... And for that long... Yeah. For forty years, Bernie got bodies. Like you, you, you don't survive in Congress for forty. I've watched House of Cards. You don't survive in Congress for forty years like that. And I obviously, House, I didn't even finish House of Cards for the records for y'all listening. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't finish either because I couldn't. Like, yeah. Anyways, it's Kevin Spacey. But regardless, like you don't survive in Congress forty years without doing some backroom deals and doing some vile stuff. And I just want to throw this out there, this to your listeners. I know, like I said. There's a lot of white Christians and stuff. I'm not trying to give you credit. <laughs> Don't take points for this. Oh, yeah. But Republicans could have the black vote if they would just not be racist. Because there's a lot it? of black people. And there's a lot of black people who don't believe in abortion, who don't believe in gay marriage, who are Christian, like they have a strong Christian faith. The South is full of black Christians. South Carolina is full of black Christians. They vote Democrat because y'all are so racist, they literally couldn't vote for you. But like, go, go on black Twitter for one day and watch people argue. People at people come off classist, they come off sexist, they come off homophobic, they're pro-abortion, like, or anti-abortion. A lot of, like, the Republican social talking points and even some of the economic ones, black people are down with. 
you're just so racist that we can't vote for you. Not me. I'm not, that's not my yeah, life. But no. But honestly, like I, I said, I think I tweeted this. Like multiple, I said, if Republicans could just get their act together, black people would vote for them. Like yeah. in droves. Like black people could be the base of the Republican Party, but they just. But I, I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. With you, I think Republicans, like the people at the top, are not even maybe people at the top, but many of the people like are just racist. Like there's there's too many people in like chat rooms and like things of that nature. Like like I said, Tucker Carlson, who I I think is, I don't want to say too much, but Tucker Carlson has put out put out has said things that are racist and yeah. sexist and things of that nature. But if your top writer had to resign, can you imagine? That you're that the top writer of one of the most racist or, or a show that's put out more racist ideology, the top writer was outed as a racist and a sexist, and he was he was do, doing things in a synonym, whatever. And some of the things that he said on this like on these little boards made it into Tucker Carlson's monologue. Like I mean, and no one's really like not enough people are talking about that to me. It's like not enough people are like this is wrong. Like this guy was yeah. like open, but a lot of times, a lot of people that are racist for some reason, the openly racist people open who have that in their heart are more, are for some reason they sway to the right way more than they ever do. Yeah. And I always wonder why that is. Like, what is it about policy that makes you go straight to the right to like that? But yeah, you know, I think that I do want to like call back something X said earlier where he was talking about like. They take like that, like they call we call it white resentment, like on the left. But like, they take that, like those like white feelings of anger about the economy, about automation and stuff, and they're like, "But it's the Mexicans, it's the Muslims." Like they they pointed at certain groups, and I think that in in order to stop doing that and get the black vote, they'd have to give up a percentage of white people who like that's the, what vibes with them. Because if those white people weren't weren't voting for racists, they would be liberals. Because they'd be like, "Oh, bigger government, more more funding, more more like welfare, more support." It would make sense for them to become liberals. Like just as far as what they believe, what they yeah. need. Yeah. But it's like they'd have to sacrifice those voters who are consistent to try to get black voters. And I don't know the percentages of like where that falls in. Like, as Dave Chappelle said, the poor whites, like for poor white people, like you'd have to sacrifice their bigotry to get black people. And I don't know if that's a worthwhile gamble for Republicans. I think that's why they won't. But no, but I I think about this too, and I think um I'm a yeah, I'm going to end this. We, yeah, we'll end this here. But I remember I was watching Andrew Yang. Uh, one of the reasons why I liked Andrew Yang is like w- one of the correlations with a lot of the um, states where automation took over and a lot of people lost their jobs. The, a lot of those states that were that voted Democrat before now voted Republican because now their enemy, because this is what I've learned about, I think politics, like I think Xavier just mentioned earlier, but politics to me is, to me, politics is real and politics is something important but politics i'm learn, learning in america is just wrestling it's literally like fake like a lot of stuff is like for us it's real like these policies we can have like debates like this and talking points like we care about these issues because we know that this could really help everyone well people at the top the people with power want everything to stay the same and actually like uh corporate republicans actually want donald trump to lose because a lot of them make more money from like, like, um, like grandma by saying, "Hey, grandma, you know, the Democrats are ruining you. Help, help us and pay us money so that we can we can do X, Y, and Z for you." And so I didn't even realize that people were make, that people make money by preying on like you know elderly folks 
by you know and all this stuff by saying hey vote for, like uh put money into our um organization because we're gonna fight against you know the enemy which is uh the democratic party i didn't even know people were preying on like people that way i didn't even know we, but people people on the top the corporate elites are actually okay with the status quo which i never even knew about but you got people like donald trump he'll blame he'll go ahead and blame uh the mexicans you get people on the left saying only blaming race racism for it and not understanding that like yes it's race yes it's class but yes it's everything like it's all of it like sometimes they only pull out one thing or, or the other to get votes when we honestly got if you guys look at it you guys got to see the full picture like you're both right like to sit back and act as if like the only reason why people voted for Donald Trump is racism is stupid. A lot of people voted for Donald Trump because I lost my job or I'm losing my job or the, my, my way of life is shrinking and I need to like figure out how am I going to put food on the table. And Donald Trump gave them an enemy and the enemy that he gave them were, were Mexicans or like other people, just immigrants, whoever. He gave them an enemy and they uh, believed in that when honestly it's not that but it's other factors that contributed to the way, you know, your economy is now, because there was a time in America where all you needed was a high school diploma and you were good. But now that, that way of life is dying away. And so it makes us wonder like, what are we, where do we go from here? Right. For a lot of people, they want to know where to go. And some people went to Donald Trump and some people right now are trying to go for Joe Biden. But honestly, both of these candidates to me are just for the status quo. They're not actually trying to do anything that can actually help people on the ground um, and not just the top one percent, which is what Donald Trump did with those tax cuts that some people love to talk about. Um, but anyway, man, I'm good for this. Is there anything else that either of you guys want to say before we get out of here? Pastor Xavier, anything you want to leave the people with for this episode before we go? Um, I think uh, I just kind of like uh, tweeted, I just put it, kind of put it on Facebook while you were wrapping up just now and just saying like, man, just from a, a Christian standpoint, the church, man, we got so much work to do. We got a lot of like cultural and, and political biases that we really got to address if we really want to reach people for Christ, man, and you, you know, I, I'm not perfect and I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect, but I, I think that we got a lot of things to look at because a lot of stuff has seeped into the church. Um, you know, some of the things that I, I list, I'll give you the, the list real quick. You know, some conversations the church needs to have is about racism, nationalism, the emotional abuse from Republican and Democratic parties, fear mongering on both conservative and liberal, liberal sides, traditionalism and the fact that it's cyanide, the fact that um, the fact that uh, the fact that division is acceptable, but when standing for the truth, that's a big one. We got to talk about because um, everyone's like saying, "No, don't 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 sow discord, don't sow discord." We got to talk about uh, we got to talk about division and how it's appropriate when the truth isn't being and the, the truth isn't being perpetuated. Um, saying, "I hate the sin and love the sinner," but not treating people like human beings, uh, regardless of their differences. Um, even though most of people will find that the stuff that you talk about that you hate so much and everything like that is already in your churches. You know what I'm saying? And, and you just, you just don't see it. I went to a pastor's fellowship, a hundred pastors in the room. I stood up and said, Hey, we got to talk about the fact that uh, uh, we got to make a, a, an environment more conducive to homosexuality in our church because you, it's already in your church. You just don't know, you know what I'm saying? Make it a safer space to talk about it and, and deal with and work through that. And um, somebody got up right behind me. Someone that we both know, we both know uh, very well, Sheldon. Got up right behind me and and 
you know, blasted everything that I just said and every, the whole room collectively hooped and hollered and, 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 and shouted amen. I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh. Uh, socially accessible sins, cultural biases that's seeping into church doctrine, uh, the church's position that the gospel is the answer and then not sharing the love of Christ with people in the process. Yeah. And just, you know, just something like that, that, that we got to do. I know that Deshaun's, uh, that Deshaun's uh, not a Christian, but to be honest, like I, I've seen some people, a lot of the people that I've seen uh, do some very loving things are people that I have that aren't even in the, a part of the church. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's not, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm thankful for people like Deshaun, you know, who, who still care, who care for people very much and care for their safety, and, you know, as, as an empath, you know, but like being able to, just look at how we have to like emanate the, the, the love of Christ properly and can't just pick and choose. Like you can't be a national, you can't be a, a citizen of heaven and then be a nationalist of America at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Amer America is yeah. not a, a Christian nation. I you did hear, I seen a quote and tell me if, if, if you like this, Xavier, I heard a quote that said, sometimes to be a good Christian means to be a bad American. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes for some people, they don't understand that distinct, like to some people like listening right now, you're like, Shelton, what are you talking about? What do you mean? But sometimes you have to be that way. Sometimes you, you want to push America to actually be, you know, to love people. And sometimes America at times has shown that they don't love people at times, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you, to be a good American is to push them that, in that way. So what do you say about that, Xavier? We really, we really just, we really just got to like, we really just got to honestly like focus on loving people. And when you love, when you truly love people, you think about their safety, you think about their health, right. As it pertains to stuff like that, like the Christian schools and stuff like that. And, and, and I ain't going to say it a whole lot, but everybody talking about social distancing and all that other stuff. And then I saw them out 4th of July, you know, cooking out with their American shirts on. Mm -hmm. So like, it's you can't the we can't be hypocrites that's all like if you're gonna love people then love people and that's what i stand on and i don't care what anybody else has to say y'all know how i am i don't worry but um but i just think we gotta we gotta do it right we love people the way that we're supposed to love people we're gonna see better change be the change you wish to see and that's not a christian quote so. i love that man and i know deshaun um you know he alluded to it but i will say this um you're doing more and I know you're not a Christian, but I w I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, you're doing more to be the hands, hand and feet of Christ on earth than a lot of Christians that I know. Um, the Bible talks about in James about, you know, don't say that, you, you know, that you're going to pray for somebody, but don't give them food if you have it. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times we got a lot of Christians that say they're going to pray for people, but there's no action behind actually doing anything to help people here on the ground. I think it's just helpful. I think Jesus did that when he was on earth, feeding people that need to be fed, even if maybe the government wasn't there, you know, or maybe uh, he was doing things that make the private sectors, I should say, wasn't there, you know, like Jesus went to uh, Thomas was like, hey, where are we going to go to these people might, you know, find food? And that's literally saying, what can the private sector do? And Thomas said, man, there's no, we don't have enough money for it. and he, you can literally sit back and all you libertarians can sit back and say well you know who fed them jesus fed them that day and so i think a lot of times you know uh anyways i ain't jumping all that but anyways i just want to say i just appreciate that you being in the hands and feet of christ man is there anything else you want to leave the people with um, i was gonna say read leftist writers but i feel like that's asking a lot <laughs> <laughs> i ain't gonna tell you how to read marx or nothing like that because marx is heavy i ain't asking you to read that that was heavy for me to read um but i'm gonna say like 
I, I assume most of your listeners are Christian, or most of your listeners are Christian. Sorry, I messed that up. Um, I like just, and this is coming from somebody who went to church. I've I've been on the podcast talking about my years in church. Really, like s- separate your your nationalism and your Americanism and your cap your pro capitalist stance from like your scripture reading for a second, and really like ask yourself, what did Jesus do? Because a, a scripture that, again, I'm not Christian anymore, y'all know that, but, like, a scripture that always stood out to me, like, even when I was a Christian, was Jesus saying, like, you didn't feed the least of these. Like, you didn't, I don't, I'm going to quote it, but you didn't feed yeah. the least of these, you didn't help the least of these, you didn't house the least of these, and if you didn't house them, you didn't house me, you didn't feed me. Like, if that's, if that's who you believe in, and I say that because I know X and Shelton, like, those are, I've always told them that they're two people, like, if I was to go back to Christianity and be behind people like them who, like, actually act like Christ, actually act like the Jesus I read about, which is not what I saw when I went to church growing up or in, in college. Like, actually take, separate all your, like, politics and your Americanness, like, from your Christianity, your identity as a white American, all that stuff. Separate that and really ask yourself what Jesus did. Because Jesus was out here doing the things that socialists and communists, that people you hate, us leftists, like, that. The, he was doing the things that y'all, that y'all hate us doing. As much as like we're out here protesting, we're also feeding people. I know anarchists who who like you know who mess with communists who who grow their own food and feed homeless people. I know leftists who are out here making sure there's clothes for the kids. Like I know I know leftists out here who work for community programs. And I know Christians who do it too, but the but the numbers ain't even. It's not I don't and I know a lot of Christians. I grew, I went to PCC. I grew up in church. Like I don't know nearly as many who are doing the same work that I see on the left out here. And that's what drew me out here. I see a lot more people feeding people, clothing people, housing people. There's groups that I've met who literally house homeless, trans, and gay youth who get kicked out of their houses because their parents are, are bigots and they, they kick them out for being gay or trans. Do that and then come to me with your, with your Christianity. That's what I'm going to leave you all with. Like, do, start doing that level of work, and maybe those people will want to come to your faith. Wow. And like I said, the, and that's good. A lot of y'all, I know most of your listeners are Christian, but that's what I'm going to leave you all with is like, like and I, I get I big up X a lot because he's doing the work like he's doing so much work that people don't who don't go to his church are like, Hey, how can I help you? Mm. My mom my, my mom don't go to his church, my stepdad don't go to his church, and they were like, Hey X, how can we help you? Oh, I muted myself. Sorry. He's doing that much work. So like I said, do start doing the work. Do that kind of work. It ain't gotta be gospel tracks every time. It's just serving people. That's man, that's man, goodness, that's so- that's literally so good. Let me ask you too, um, Pastor you know, Xavier, mm-hmm. is there any way that, um, is there like, I don't know if you guys have like a, like a, a cash app or like a website or something that you can, yeah. that people can actually put funds to like help you because you're on the ground, you know, doing stuff. Is there anything people can do to donate to your church? Yeah. Okay. So if you go to OrlandoBaptistTemple.com, OrlandoBaptistTemple.com, you scroll all the way over to our contact us page. There's a donate button. It's going to take you to our PayPal link. And uh, that's the best way that you can do that. Also from your Zelle app, you can type in OrlandoBaptistTemple at gmail.com. So the first one's OrlandoBaptistTemple.com. From Zelle, it's OrlandoBaptistTemple.com at gmail.com and you can send whatever donations uh the whatever donations you, uh, you want for that right now we have what's called the paramore project that's kicking off this weekend and next weekend so two it's a two weekend um event where we're organizing a whole room full of clothes um this fr- this saturday and then next saturday we're going to have a food distribution clothes distribution spend some time with some people in some low places and 
and, and just love on them a little bit. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be out there. Yes, sir. My man Deshaun's going to be there helping oh, us out with awesome, the work. Man. So. Dang, I wish I was still in Florida, man. I really do, man. Sometimes I wish I was Dallas. still out there. But I left and went to Texas, and, and Texas just as bad with the COVID over here. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> higher than Florida, by the way. Yes, it's bad okay. out here, bro. It's super bad. Hey, that is not something to celebrate over. Right? Anyway, <laughs> we like third on the list, bro. We like third. California is at like 300K. It, 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 it like ain't good over here. Texas is at 296 or something like that. It was, but I haven't checked it in a couple of days, so I don't, I don't want to toot my horn too much because I don't know what it's looking <laughs> bro, like. So I'm gonna bro, shut up. I legitimately, me and my wife, we had planned to go to Florida the last week of July. Like we had planned it. Like I actually got time off work to do it and everything. But then it's like I was like, nah, I don't think. Like one, my wife's pregnant, and literally that would be the last week she could even travel if she wanted wow. to. That's literally like we were pushing it at the deadline. Like she's there. The doctor was like. Yeah, y'all could go, but literally that's the last week, you know. So I was like, I, right, you know, and then with all these new cases, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to holler at y'all after the baby born. Like after the baby yeah. born, we'll come out and, and say. I get it. It's crazy because <laughs> yeah. that's literally what I'm gonna be there is the last week of July, and I was that's crazy. COVID didn't happen. We could all been out there at the same time. We could have. We could have. Dang, COVID. Dang. <laughs> I was I was supposed to be in Dallas this summer too. Me and G was gonna fly out there for a, a for a. It's like an anime like con. I don't know if y'all heard of RDC World and them, but they do a called thing called DreamCon, and we just gonna be out there for like an anime video game thing. It's, it's I think it's in like Fort Worth, but it's still in the area, so we just gonna hit yeah. y'all up. But everything's canceled because of COVID. So. Everything's canceled. <laughs> Snap! I was actually gonna go to a Comic Con that they were gonna have this summer in Dallas, but of course COVID. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Anyways, well, thank you guys. I want you to thank you guys so much for listening. If you listen to the podcast, you're like, man, those guys are weird. You're absolutely right. Listen to the podcast, like, man, Shelton, you really are a weird pastor's kid trying to, you know, represent Jesus and the, and the, and the feeding of the 5,000 with, you know, being the hands of Jesus. You're absolutely correct as well. This is the Weird Pastor's Kid podcast. Thank you for listening.